How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So today we got some interesting news. We're going to have two episodes, one dropping later, one dropping earlier in the afternoon. And then tomorrow we'll have another episode coming out about projecting the starting rotation. But today, this segment in this episode is talking about John Heyman's report that came out literally like 10 minutes ago that the Marlins may be willing to trade Luis Arias. Now, this is interesting, right? Miami has been hesitant to move him. He has two more years of control free agent in 2026. Obviously, two minor league options is not relevant because he's never going back to the minors. This guy is one of the most elite hitters in the game at 26 years old. Um, you know, a guy that has, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, a 5.5% strikeout rate this past season. Um, does he walk a lot? No, but because he makes so much freaking contact, it doesn't matter. He hit 354 with a 393 on-base percentage. He actually projects to have 13 homers in Yankee Stadium last year um, if he was playing for us. And the Yankees might have a chance to go grab this guy. So, Ryan, you know, if this is even a possibility, Heyman said they're willing to listen. We're going to talk about what a deal could look like and why Luis Arias on this team would take our offense to a stratosphere that we didn't even know existed. A, a, a land, the promised land, man. You're talking about one of the best offenses in baseball on paper here. Imagine a guy with almost a 40% OBP hitting ahead of Judge and Soto. Your offense is unstoppable in this in this scenario. And by the way, Luis Arias has played a minimum of 120 games over the last three consecutive years and a minimum of 140 games over the last two years. So he's been healthy too. Um, I mean, this seems like a match made in heaven for the Yankees if they want to make a, a move that would not only surprise us, but give them an offensive firepower that we haven't seen in maybe a decade. This would be something special. Want to get your thoughts on it and how realistic you think a deal could be made in terms of how our capital matches up with their needs. Yeah, so I think a big thing here we're talking about Luis Arise is the fit, right? Like, he actually does profile really well for Yankee Stadium because he can put the ball in the air and put it towards right field. And, you know, as, as you kind of alluded to, the high OBP, he's got probably the best hit tool. Actually, not probably. Alex, he has the best hit tool in baseball. Like, I'm just going to – he has the best hit tool in baseball right now. Um, you know, obviously the contact rates are elite. You know, and again, like, I, I think a big thing here is that this isn't like a guy who just has a hit tool and absolutely no power at all. This is a guy who has enough power to, like, be playable – um, and he also has, again, the best hit tool in baseball. That's a unique combination. Typically, guys who have, you know, the strikeout rates that he has can't hit home runs or they can't hit extra base hits. Um, and Arise is unique in that sense. And I think that, you know, ultimately you'd be getting a player who greatly improves your lineup, as you mentioned. Um, I think this is a guy who, you know, does he profile perfectly for second base? Not really, right? Like he has four defensive runs saved, but negative 10 OAA. I think he's an okay enough defender out there that you can live with it. Um, but there's also the world in which he's more of a, a first baseman, right? And you look at kind of Anthony Rizzo's contract coming up at the end of the year, you could potentially slot a rise over there. I know he'd be an unconventional first baseman, but Alex, like, who cares about conventional first baseman? I care about having the best players. And, you know, you could potentially be in a situation where, you know, like a guy like, let's say, Jorbit Vivas develops into a pretty good hitter in 2025, right? Like, he has a good 2024 season uh, in AAA, ends up with the 2025 team. Um, and you've got Vivas at second, Arias at first, uh, Volpe at short, and I don't know, we'll make you at third. It doesn't really matter to me at that point. Um, you've got three of your three of your uh, four infielders are under the age of 28 years old. Like that's huge. You have a really young, controllable infield. Um, obviously, the New York Yankees from an offensive standpoint, right? Like 354 average, 393 on base, 469 slug, 132 WRC plus. Um, you know, I, I'm going to just sit here and, uh, and I know that my uncle is listening to this right now. So I just want him to hear this and be like, Hey, deal. If you see Luis arise at the top of your lineup, man, I know he'll be happy. You know, every Yankee fan would be happy. How could you not want a guy with a 5.5% strikeout rate and a 130 WRC plus in each of the past two seasons, right? Like Alex, I, there's, 
we talk about perfect fits. I still, I'm going to hold on to the opinion that Juan Soto is the most perfect fit that we've ever seen for any New York Yankee in the history of ever. But Luis Arias is also high up that list. Um, I, I think his raw power and game power would get better over here. He would hit 13 home runs according to uh, baseball savant this past season had he played in Yankee Stadium. He also would hit 13 the year prior. So he would have had 26 home runs at 18. That's a pretty big jump. Like we're talking about, hey, this guy pushes for a 140 WRC plus. And now there is a little bit of a notion of, all right, well, in Miami, there's more space to bat bip with. And I, I do agree there is more space to operate and, and you know, have balls dink in and dunk in and whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, you subtract a couple singles here and there and replace them with home runs. The average might not be 350. It might be closer to like 310, but I'll take it, right? Like a higher average, a slightly lower average in Yankee Stadium, sure. But the slug is going to be higher. Um, and you're still going to have, again, like a guy who's going to challenge for the batting title and, um, you know, be one of the best hitters in the American League. Like, you want that on your team. Again, we're talking about a 130 WRC plus hitter. Um, and the Yankees had, I imagine, some interest in him before he was dealt to Miami. I thought some people were upset that we didn't trade for him and were like, why didn't we trade Nestor for uh, Luis Arise? Well, I also don't think that Nestor Cortez was as valuable as Pablo Lopez. And I think that's kind of a big thing that people overlook. The Minnesota Twins saw something they really liked in Lopez and they were 100% right to have that opinion because... As for as good as uh, Luis Arise has been, you could argue that the deal for Pablo Lopez is going to work out better for the Twins because they extended Lopez and the Miami Marlins are cheap and aren't looking to extend Arise. I also don't think an extension for Arise would be super expensive and he's willing to sign one. So if you're the New York Yankees, you're saying, all right, there's an extra year of control here. He is the same age as Glaber Torres. So if you were to move off of Glaber Torres and potentially get a pitcher, that's fine. Um, I, I kind of flow this to you, Alex. What if the Yankees did something where they traded for a rise uh, and then they packaged Glaber, say they did a three-team deal? I know Seattle and Cleveland have done deals before. Uh, you send, let's say, Glaber to Seattle. Seattle sends a pitcher or a prospect to uh, Cleveland and Cleveland sends us Shane Bieber. And I mean, that rotation, I mean, it's gross. And you could also look to flip Schmidt in a deal for a rise because you would have that flexibility. But just looking at what that rotation would be, I mean, Alex, or even Nestor, you could say, flip, try to flip him in that deal. Could you imagine a rotation where you have Cole, Rodon, Stroman, Cortez, and uh, Bieber? Like you put, I guess, Bieber and then Stroman's like your fifth starter or Cortez your fifth starter or Schmidt is your fifth starter? Alex, I mean, that's gross. That's nasty. That's, I mean, we're talking the best rotation in baseball, potentially. We're talking, you know, a bullpen that gets even deeper. Maybe you just say, no, we're not flipping Schmidt. We're not flipping Cortez. We want as much pitching depth as possible. These guys are going to play for us and, and they're going to find starts at some point. You know, I think the addition of Luke Weaver kind of, makes me think they're not going to get a second starter unless they were able to flip a guy that's currently in the rotation. But ultimately, like Alex, the fit here would be too perfect. And I don't think Miami's going to move him. I think that they're more just entertaining offers. Um, but if they were, I think the Yankees actually match up pretty well in the deal. Yeah, I mean, look, they have we have the prospects that align with kind of what they need. Now, of course, they may not want to move Luis Arias. To me... I mean, and you kind of hinted at this, the Miami Marlins don't want to spend a lot of money, right? They don't spend a lot of money. Um, if you are the Yankees, and they're probably thinking Luis Arias, his value right now is the highest it's going to get. And in two years, we're not going to spend money on him anyway. Like, we're not going to allocate a big contract to Luis Arias. It's not going to happen. So if we want to get maximum assets now that we can then develop and sell again, this is the chance to do it. If you're the Yankees, you could say to them, and you kind of floated this deal to me, you know, Roderick Arias, Everson Pereira, Oswald Peraza, maybe that's even too little. You know what I mean? That's Maybe that's too little. But Roderick Arias is our, one of our top shortstop prospects. He has the potential to be something truly special um, as a switch hitter, I believe. Um, and then you have Peraza, who could be something decent in the infield now. You also have Everson Pereira, who can play in outfield spot now. 
I think all those things can develop into legitimate long-term assets that they can sell off in the future for, you know, more money because they don't like to spend it. They like to make it. Uh, so if you're thinking from a Marlins perspective right now, we don't want to spend big bucks. We want to get big bucks. We want to get guys who are going to give us uh, more opportunity to keep turning these over into more more assets. Um I think it makes sense for them. Like his value, Ryan, has never been higher. His value is at a peak right now. And to be honest with you, the second that this season starts, his value starts to decrease because of that um because of that arbitration starting to dwindle down in 2026 as a free agent. The second those two years start to regret start to decrease and, you know, he gets less time as a controllable asset, the Miami Marlins lose him, lose value on him. So Right now is a great time to move him. I think they do understand that. Um, from that perspective, is that kind of how you're perceiving it? Like Miami knows that his value is at a peak right now, and they're going to try and maximize that. Is that kind of how you're seeing it as well? Yeah, so they have hired some really smart people. Peter Bendix has become the president of baseball operations. He was the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. And if we know anything about the Tampa Bay Rays, Alex, they maximize value. They trade guys, whether it's unpopular or not, they trade guys and they trade them at their highest value and they try to net return, knowing that they're not going to keep them long term. Um, another person that they hired recently uh, was Rachel Balkovich, who was the Yankees single A manager, was the first uh, woman to ever manage uh, at the minor league level. She will obviously have a familiarity with the Yankee organization that maybe not other organizations have. She's worked with prospects such as Spencer Jones, Augustine Ramirez. Augustine Ramirez, by the way, at multiple levels. He's a 40-man uh, guy on the Yankees roster right now, and he's a catcher. And last time I checked, Miami doesn't have catching, so... That could be an interesting little situation there. Um, she's also worked with various other hitters in the organization, including Roderick Arias. She was also a hitting coach at the Florida Complex League in 2021. Um, and so that's important. In 2022 and 2023, she was a single-A manager. Um, so she's worked with a lot of like recent draft picks and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's really encouraging for the Yankees. If we were to put together a deal, I, I didn't mention August Ramirez when we were talking. And I feel like now this is a good time to bring him up because I totally should have. I think a deal centered around maybe, you know, you, you put a, together Roderick Arias, Augustine Ramirez, and um, Oswald Peraza. I think that gives them an MLB-ready infielder, somebody who can play shortstop for them right now. Um, potentially gives them a guy who can catch for them in Augustine Ramirez in the near future. And then Roderick Arias is the top 100 guy that you're offering that, you know, is that superstar caliber prospect, could potentially become a guy for them. They don't have a lot of infield depth in the farm system. And I think that at least gets a conversation started. Perhaps they have a preference and they feel a certain type of way about a different infield prospect or a different guy in the organization. I'm willing to have those conversations. I'm not going to include Spencer Jones. I'm not going to include Chase Hampton. Obviously, like this does, this goes without saying, I'm not including Jason Dominguez. And if that's what they offer, if that's what they're firm on, they're saying we need those three players or one of those three players, I'm going to say, all right, well, we'll revisit this at the deadline when you guys need to trade him at some point because you guys are cheap, right? Like I, as brutal as that sounds, Brian Cashman is a pretty, like, Brian Cashman doesn't really give a shit about what people think, right? Like, he's a very much a, uh, I mean, he just signed Marcus Stroman and traded for Alex Verdugo. Like, I promise you he does not care about the perception of his moves. Um, but I, I personally do think that the New York Yankees, not that they have leverage here. The Miami Marlins hold all the cards. They have the player of interest. They don't have to trade him. He's not an impending free agent. But I think that the Yankees and the Marlins will be like, hey, we both have things. The Yankees have a surplus of infielders and catchers. Uh, and then from the Marlins' perspective, they have Luis Arise, who would be potentially of interest to the Yankees. Um, the Yankees would say, hey, we have a surplus of position players that could help you. Um, here's our offer. And Miami would probably, I think the two sides would would have a framework at least. And even if they don't agree to a deal now, the reason the Yankees were able to trade for Juan Soto, according to Brian Cash, was because the framework of the deal was done um, at the de deadline, right? Like they had talked about a deal 
nothing really came to fruition, but they had an idea of what each team valued, and they were able to come to a deal pretty quickly in the offseason. Potentially, that's what happened here. It happens here where the Yankees are like, hey, here's what we know what you're looking for. Here's what we have now, let's say, in, on um, July 31st, right? And we don't know what the Yankees are going to look like on July 31st. What if Anthony Rizzo isn't playing well? What if DJ LeMahieu's hurt? What if Glaber isn't playing well? What if uh, Volpe isn't playing well? Like, what do you what what is your team looking like? What if you don't have a DH, right? Like, what what's going on with your team, right? I think the Yankees are going to also look at the perspective of they like what they have maybe right now and, and don't want to force a deal. And I think they should be opportunistic in this situation. But ultimately, guys like Arias, Peraza, Pereira, um, Augustine Ramirez, uh, those are type of the type of guys I could see involved in this type of deal. Some pitchers, right? Like some younger guys, Carlos Lagrange, um, Henry Lalane. I. I be a little iffy on giving him up. Um, you obviously have guys like Brock Selvage who just hit high A is probably going to reach double A this upcoming season. Um, but yeah, like I think the Yankees and Marlins match up really well. And I don't think that's Yankee fan bias here. I think that's just looking what both teams struggle at and looking what at what, you know, looking at the relationship between, you know, Peter Bendix probably being familiar with the Yankees with the AL East. I think they just match up well. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely makes sense um, from a swapping perspective. But at the same time, you got to ask, like, do the Yankees want more pitching? Obviously, the rotation now with Strowman's interesting, right? Like, I, I think this is where you could actually have some conversations. Um, if the Yankees just stick with what they have, you know, of course, you're 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 betting big on Carlos Rodon to bounce back. We're gonna um, discuss, you know, the rotation, which will come out tomorrow. Um, but you know, thinking about this kind of the strengths of our team right now, what we have to leverage. If you want to go out and get a Blake Snell, you could theoretically say to yourself, well, maybe we can trade Clark Schmidt. Maybe we can move Schmidt, who's a controllable asset, in a deal to the Marlins. You know what I mean? Cheap, good upside. They can develop and maybe flip him in the future too. Um, so, like, you know, there, there is opportunity here to, like, try to kind of shake things up a little bit. I think the Yankees probably don't want to get too kind of creative with it. I think they want to do something more simple. But obviously, Gleyber Torres becomes the uh, guy that, loses his job in this instance because Luis Arias is a far better player objectively. Um, and I think that you probably try to flip Torres for pitching, you know, as we both kind of agreed there. Um, you know, at this point, it's unlikely. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a likely scenario. Uh, but I'll tell you what, right now I'm pretty interested to see how the Yankees go about this. If there is interest, if they do ask what the what the price may be, um, this would be – this is a World Series, you know, just like Juan Soto. Acquiring Arias is a World Series winning move. If you acquire him – you are now staring the Dodgers in the face saying, we're going step to step with you, man. Like, we're going toe to toe. We're ready for a damn battle. We're, de we're ready for a freaking fight. You know, this is like freaking, this is going to be Sparta. This is going to be like the, the movie 300 and all those arrows coming down on King Leonidas. This is what that's going to look like. Battle of the Beasts, man. I would be hyped to see that. Um, and, and ultimately, that would be so much fun. I mean, imagine getting an offensive piece like this, watching the Yankees on a daily basis would just be, oh my goodness. If you're Brian Cashman, like, and we know Cashman likes shiny objects, and if all he has to give uh, was a couple of a couple of prospects for Arias that have never even reached the MLB or a couple of players who are fringe roster talent to begin with, guys that may be blocked in the future like Pereira, I'm pulling the trigger, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Um, you know, if we can keep our, our roster together right now and just give prospects sign me up you know the Yankees have international pool money next year they can they can make moves um this is not a situation where I, where I believe you know the Bombers can say to themselves we're happy with what we've got you get better if you can you know you make the moves to get elite level talent with a couple years of control you do these things Arise is one of those guys you have to consider um in this equation so always happy to hear your perspectives down below in the YouTube comment section make sure to like and subscribe as always and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode